Hey there, welcome to Heart Rate, the podcast where we talk to everyday runners, hear their stories, and learn what moves them. I'm Coach Nick. And I'm Coach Andy. Thanks for stopping by. Hi, everyone. Welcome to a very special edition of Heart Rate. Uh, we are going to be kicking off um, part one of a two-part speaker series on running during the time of corona. Uh, it's been a, a crazy time and a hard time for uh, a lot of people in the personal lives, as well as for many businesses, uh, particularly in the running world and racing world. Uh, and today we have uh, a number of very special and wonderful guests who have uh, agreed to come on and sort of share their perspectives and their experiences during this this time as we've all have navigated the various challenges that we faced um, during this pandemic, a time of of quarantine. So please sit back and uh, enjoy. Thank you for joining us. (laughs) Hi, everyone. Um, Thank you guys uh, for joining me uh, for the the first part of the speaker series, uh, Running During Time of Corona, um, the best title I I could think of. I appreciate all of you being here and being part of this. Um, and sort of our main topic for this discussion is sort of looking at what returning to the world of racing and training looks like or can look like as you move forward um, with you know safety guidelines in the front of our, our, our minds and how we sort of approach not only making our facilities and our events safe for people to return to, but also what we are talking about what we are doing or can do to help people feel comfortable as they make that decision to come back. Um, those people face sort of different challenges and what that looks like for, for, for them. Um, so I'm going to introduce myself for people who don't know who I am. Uh, I'm Coach Nick Weichel. Um, I am a group training coach for New York Roadrunners, uh, as well as a private virtual coach uh, through Road and Trail Runners, uh, uh, an online coaching company I, I founded with uh, Coach Andy. Manos out of North Carolina, um, and to my left uh, is Coach Robin uh, from Edge Athlete Lounge in, uh, out in Chicago. Maybe just, uh, I don't know that much about Edge beyond what Terry does. Um, if you don't mind just speaking about what, what, what Edge is and what your community looks like. Yeah, we are... Um a now 6,000 square foot facility in just the north side of Chicago, still very much in the city. We have everything from um, a very heavy dose of strength programming to group endurance training. So we've got weekly runs, um, many bikes a week, um, as well as a full-fledged kind of recovery lounge. So ice tubs, compression boots, cafe, pugs, you know, all of the necessities. Um, So yeah, we, we are interested in this discussion 100%. <laughs> Illinois is actually pretty far behind a lot of other states and we we're in a phased rollout and we're still not mm-hmm. even in the phase that would even consider gyms or run groups to open up like the city is still 100% on lockdown. Yeah I think that's also largely where New York City is as well. We haven't even opened up phase one yet so we're sort of in, in, in the same boat there. Um, and then from below Robin uh, I've got uh, Steve uh, from NYC Runs. Don't mind talking a little bit about that? Uh, Yeah, so NYC Runs uh, puts on about 30 races a year in New York City and New Jersey. We were going to have about 50,000, maybe 60,000 people across our finish line this year. And now we're going to have a lot less. But um, we've got some good stuff going on, and, you know, we're excited about the future still. Great. And then to your right is Winnie Locke. 
out in Atlanta, a co-leader of November Project. Hello. Yeah, so uh, I'm Winnie, and uh, I used to be an employee at both uh, New York Roadrunners and Atlanta Track Club uh, in their events department as an event manager. Um, also an avid runner, and as Nick said, uh, co-leader of November Project Atlanta. And we got Benu uh, Pelos from uh, NYC as well, also a member of NYRR. Don't mind giving a little spiel about yourself, buddy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, hi, I'm Benu. I, I'm a coach for New York Red Runners for their group training classes, uh, coaching in Prospect Park and Astoria Park and Central Park, uh, as well as some of their virtual classes that, that they started up in the last session and are going to be continuing again. Um, outside of coaching, I also work with New York Red Runners at their Run Center facility uh, near Columbus Circle, um, where I'm helping out as their assistant manager, um, sort of helping facilitate, facilitate uh, their day-to-day -day operations, just and uh, now also just helping runners answer any questions about any of the weekly races while handing out uh, bibs and premiums. Great. And uh, Adam, divine, amazing human, ultra marathoner. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Uh, of course, yes, all of that and more. Uh, no, because, uh, my name is Adam. Um, I'm one of the uh, captains and um, coaches uh, for the Prospect Park Track Club here in Brooklyn. Uh, we've got a thousand members. Uh, I focus a lot of my energy mainly on uh, the ultra marathon component of our group. Uh, I help co-coach our ultra marathon training group, which we currently have 65 people signed up to do various levels of insanity um, on the trails and in, in ultras. Um, so. Um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see the way things change, but I, I'm excited for it. Great. Again, big thank you to all of you for for being here. I super appreciate it. Um, so just to start off with a quick, just in general, how is everyone doing? Um, I haven't seen a lot of you, as I'm, I'm sort of curious in general. Just you know, we're what th three months in, into this this whole thing, just about. How are you all doing? Just in general. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free to jump in, anyone. I think we're on the backside of the mountain. Like I, we mm. always kind of talk about the fact that, like, when you're really screwed or something gets really messed up, like husband and I always say that to each other. Like, well, well, we're on the mountain. Like, there's only one way to go up, and it feels like we're on the backside. I think, like, I think there's we still don't really know what the base looks like, which is a um, a really common kind of feeling but it's also a collective feeling it's not like it's just me feeling that way it's every single person on this call and if anyone is listening to a future podcast you guys are feeling that way too so there's a lot of power in that and i think mm -hmm. that we really a lot of communities have kind of captured that uh, what i like to call collective suffering yeah um, and it's, it's a powerful tool <laughs> absolutely anyone else winnie steve Manu? um oh sorry go ahead steve <laughs> Uh, go ahead, Woody. You're already, you're already there. Um, well, I was just going to say that actually in Atlanta and in Georgia, um, we are, I feel there's mixed feelings um, because um, our government is opening a lot of things. And, um, and I think, you know, not to get into the details or anything like that, but um, there are a lot of people that want to be cautious still. Um, and a lot of people that I talked to or, you know, worked out with, um, in person in the past, you know, I think we're still feeling that we want to be a little more cautious, more cautious than our government is, um, telling us that we need to be. So I think there's, it's interesting because there's a mix of 
things happening here um, where I don't think a lot of people are on the same page necessarily. So I think that hurts us and helps us depending on, you know, who you're talking to. You know, Winnie, you might be surprised, but it seems like in New York right now, um, people aren't on the same page for the first time since this started. So maybe about in the last 10 days, two weeks, people went sort of um, rogue in their own ways. And yeah. I can, I can, I can, it, that's an unusual feeling for New York. Cause I felt like we were all in it together. And now I feel like, well, some of us just want to go to the beach or the bar. And some of us are like, eh, we can hang out. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because like Robin, you were saying that you weren't even part of any sort of phase right now to reopen. But one of the first things we did, and I think we did it like on May 3rd, um, so a few weeks ago, um, we reopened uh, gyms and, you know, other things like tattoo parlors and <laughs> barber shops and um, massage parlors. So, you know, and bowling alleys uh, and uh, just a plethora of very strange things. Um, but yeah, gyms are definitely something that's reopening already. And again, there's a lot of mixed feelings about it. I loved watching uh, Banu's uh, eyebrows go uh, when you mentioned tattoos, uh, tattoo parlors opening back up. <laughs> yes, it's weird. I mean, I, I've, I've always been fascinated with wanting to get one. I, I don't think I want to get one now, even more so now. I mean, because I don't know, like touching people's blood might be okay. Who knows? You know? <laughs> that's, that's all such scary stuff. Um, you know, and that doesn't help. Uh, you know, like I, I know, like in, I, I think Steve, you're, you're right. Like for a long time in the city, everyone was like, we've, we've got to pull together. We've got to be safe. You know, we've got to be outside. We've got to distance. And, you know, I, I'm currently in Co Colorado visiting my wife's parents, but while we, we were there, we started to see people gathering in, in larger groups. We saw more and more people running and walking around without a mask on or without any sort of covering to even pull up. Um, and it was so anxiety inducing because for, for a while people were really good about it and then it started to, to fade back. And like that, that's scary because we don't want to see a resurgence of the virus and we don't want things to have to be locked down tightly again. Um, it's, so it, it's, it's been, it's been nerve wracking um, trying, trying to, to hope for the best while so, sort of seeing the city not be on the same page with each other for once. So I'm actually, so uh, the, I have, you, you asked the question at the beginning, how am I feeling? I feel like I've been playing the role of the Pollyanna uh, amongst everybody that I've talked to. Um, because frankly, like I'm in Brooklyn, I did 42 miles a day. I saw a lot of people out and about. Uh, I run with a face covering and the vast majority of the people that I saw had face covering. Uh, and the, and there are probably more people not doing that on the edges, but frankly, um, I see a lot of people who are doing their best to be conscientious, good citizens. Uh, that's, that's and, great. and the, and frankly, we don't need people. So from my perspective, we don't need people to be a hundred percent. Like I don't need to be focused on the, 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 the five to 10% of people who are uh, not doing the things that I would like to see them doing. Mm -hmm. Um, because I do think that the vast majority of people are still, uh, practicing social distancing, behaving themselves like, standing away from one another in the grocery store, washing their hands more, wearing face coverings and everything else. And um, my understanding of the science and not being a scientist, um, the, um, is that we don't need perfection, but like as long as we're doing, like the majority of us are doing the right thing, 
then I mean, it'll, it'll probably be enough. So like I have faith. Uh, I, I, I do have anxiety. Like when I go to the grocery store here, especially here in Brooklyn where the grocery stores are tiny and you're like right up on one another. Like I, I, I have some anxiety, but I think everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be, I mean, it's really bad, but like, it's going to be okay. We'll get through this together. Like I've, I have faith that we'll get through it together. Same, and, and you know, for for all all the anxiety, I, I know that especially before we, we we left to come to to come here, I had reached a sort of state of like. I I see a lot of people wearing a mask. I see some who don't, and that and that frustrates me. And I have a hard time separating that anxiety, but it's getting better at it, um, because I I I couldn't use the mental space to worry so much about everybody else when like I'm doing the right thing. Um, and I had sort of reached, I was starting to get, to get to a stage where I felt, if not comfortable, at least like a normal state, like I can go out and run five, six miles a day or, or do whatever I, I want and feel like I'm mostly okay doing that. Um, though like the, the, the mass running is certainly an, an adjustment, especially as it gets hotter. Um, but speaking of mask wearing and all of that fun stuff. Um, you know, one of the things I, I want people to sort of chime in on is sort of what have been the adaptations that you've initiated in either in your own personal lives or for your, your businesses to sort of help, you know, be a good citizen, but also to, to maybe help just uh, you to feel like you're doing your part to maintain safety and, you know, to be along the lines of the safety guidelines. Timing's really big for us. I mean, like in any big city. So I, I coach, we have like 200 plus members. A lot of them are, are runners. And then I coach about 25 athletes. Um, and some of them are sub elite. So they're going really fast and all the tracks are closed and like for everything's closed. Right. So it's like, how the hell do you train? Um, but keeping them focused on if they want something quality just to take the responsibility and to get out early mm -hmm. um, has been really helpful and and keeping them focused on running in in areas like you normally would go through a neighborhood right because it's beautiful and it's like no it's a terrible idea mm -hmm. it's way too congested right now so having them find and, and collectively list um you know like safe, but like manufacturing or warehouse districts that they can do half mile repeats in. And um, that's been really a really powerful tool for them because mm -hmm. they, they feel like it's almost like currency, like they can share it with each other. They can gift friends a new route or a new bridge that gets right. them, you know, five repeats will get them 200 feet of climbing if they're mm -hmm. training for something hillier. Um, so just finding those nuggets that they can, can, they can think about the things that they have or the things that they would have never found otherwise um, totally. I think is is a huge piece because you can so quickly go down the woe is me this sucks mm -hmm. but yeah just stop on the pity mountain because everybody's there together so keeping them focused on those those nuggets is huge and it's power over process at every turn is going to always keep them the safest absolutely and actually I think but new I think you and I can sort of speak to some of this because we we saw this in in in, 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 the, in the virtual form of, of group training we saw a lot of our, our runners via Slack and Strava sharing their, their routes with other runners where like, Hey, you know, at, at nine, nine AM, there's almost no one there. Like that, that, that's a safe place to go and, and do thousand meter repeats or 1200s or, or whatever, or Red Hook is empty at eight in the morning, go there and, and, and do, you know, your like mile 
repeats. Yeah, totally. I, I mean, I, I think like for like, it, and it was really good to like have like to start building up that community of runners, like just, um, just because like we're all in that same boat. Like we, like this is like completely uncharted territory for all of us and like, um, and sharing in that anxiety and like knowing that, yeah, they're not alone in this. Um, and, and like, yeah, and, like how we're trying to like navigate and guide our, our, our guide our way through everything. Um, yeah, no, I think like, um, for like myself, I don't think like, um, like, I think I, I was being extra protective just because, um, like, I think it was like pretty, hit pretty hard in my area. And also, mm-hmm. um, on a personal level, like I had a few, I, like, I actually like, like, like late March, uh, or like sometime around that time frame, I think like my mom was diagnosed. Um, and so like from that standpoint, like, uh, like we had, I had to like, she had to isolate for at least, um, or actually four weeks, um, just cause it took a little longer, uh, for her to recover. My dad's immunocompromised. Um, so he's actually like, he immediately like went to Long Island, uh, to like another house there, which he's still, which he's still at right now. Um, so like with my mom being by herself, uh, I like, like, and I still had to like, still isolate myself wore a mask every day in, in, indoors. So while doing that, um, and still having to like find out, like kind of take over all the duties, like cooking everything for her and like mm-hmm. cleaning everything and, uh, and, t- and watching two cats too. So yeah. So like making sure they're okay. Uh, so like, honestly, with all that happening, like, r- like running was not on my mind, like, and, and it's nothing against it. Like I like, but it doesn't define me. Um, right. what defines you are, is, is, are your ethics? Like what makes you, you that's, that's, that's what I, that's kind of what I've discovered on here is that, um, that's who I was before I started running and, and that's still intact. Um, like running has been like an incredible joy to have. And, and I'm super grateful. Like anytime I get the chance to go out and run, like whether it's like for like 30 minutes or for two and a half hours. Um, so like, and I'm fortunate for that. Um, and, and for that, like, you know, it's, but at the end of the day, like, it's more just like keeping my, like keeping aware of like the people, like the people that I love and care about and making sure like they're all okay. And so like, with all that in mind, it's, you know, like it's sort of having to just anchor everything day by day. Um, and kind of just take my breath with everything, you know, like, yeah. And, and, and having that, and also like, and so when seeing that virtual form with all the other runners on there, um, and sharing that with everybody, like let, and see how everyone was feeling. It was like, yeah, like I, I'm, I'm totally on, I'm, I'm, I'm here with you. So, yeah. Yeah. I felt like it was really important. You know, if you have a, a voice that people are hearing, it was really, really important to be, be positive throughout this, um, regardless of how you might feel personally or what was going, you know, what was going on in your life. Um, and that was there. That was that was somewhat challenging, but when it comes to running, I found that, and I, I don't live I don't live that far from Adam. I don't think I do anyway. Um, um, I found that it was no trouble whatsoever to run the streets of Brooklyn, and not have the mask on, have it around your neck, of course, and not run into anyone. If you were inside of Prospect Park, problematic. Um, and I have a dog. We go to the Long Meadow like every day. So that was that was a little more of a of a work thing for me, but um, I didn't. I didn't find it was that difficult. This, this, I, 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 I've been running more during this just because I've had the time. Um, but I didn't find like, you know, it was challenging to 
pick a street. My wife ran down McDonald Avenue, um, which has the F going over it, which sounds awful. But everything's closed and nobody was there. And so she was fine. And, you know, great. So this shouldn't, this shouldn't have been terribly challenging for people. But, you know, it's definitely, it's definitely challenging. It, I, I, I know for, for, for me, when, when things started to get locked down um, and I was working from home, I, I found that if I, had, if I went, wanted to go for a run after work hours, that was the worst time to go because everyone who had been inside was now going out and it was, it was just too many people. Um, and I, I, I found some solace running along Ocean Parkway where you have both a pedestrian path and, and a sidewalk. So it was easy to maneuver around um, when, when we had the, whenever I, I had to. Um, but I, 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 a couple of weeks into it, I started to take my lunch break and go out and run around like 11, 30, 12, because it was far less crowded. Um, in the, the the park and on the the, the streets and that, that was how i got my like daily like run in just because there was it, i i felt comfortable at, at those times and like there, there weren't that many people out so I, it, it was it felt okay um yeah. and that's been fine i'm a morning runner so i guess that helped me yeah 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 so i i wanted to jump in here so what you y'all were talking about like adapting uh, and I, it kind of piggybacks on what, what Robin said as well. Uh, so like this morning when I went, so I know I might have to be out there for seven hours. Uh, I got up at two and I was running by three um, so that I could get in my run and like get in the majority of the run before everybody else is out there. So I wasn't quite uh, towards the end of it. I didn't care uh, if somebody was near me. I was like, just, just kill me now. Uh, <laughs> But like you, 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 you do what you can, like you do, do what you got to do. Um, and th th that's the biggest thing for me is that I'm telling my athletes and my club members is we just got to be adaptable. We've got to be flexible. Um, and Robin touched on it. Like it's hard with the elites. I, I coach a couple of uh, women who are, you know, front of the pack ultra marathoners and like at some level it stinks, but like maybe you don't, maybe you can't get your speed workout that you need to get in and like it sucks that you're a competitive runner and you can't run fast because like you can't find a spot or like you can't wear a mask like running fast with a mat like doing mile repeats with a mask <sighs> jesus um but like maybe that's the sacrifice that you make uh is it like at the end of the this coronavirus like well my 5k time is not going to be that great or my 50k time is not going to be that great compared to what it was before but like we're just doing order what we can to like save the fitness that we can still get the training and keep our our minds right. But like just trying to, to hammer into everybody, just like, just stay flexible. Everything will be okay. Like if you're not as fast in November as you would like to have been everything else, like everybody's going to be in the same boat because nobody's going to be training at like a hundred percent ideal, except for like maybe some of those jokers out in Flagstaff who are like running far away from running out of the boat, like whatever, like, we're just going to do the best we can and we'll deal with what it comes later on after we're out of this. So that, that's the, the main thing I've been trying to tell people. Yeah. Actually um, that a Nike coach said like one of our calls is like, no training is wasted. And I, I just, I've been clinging on to that, like with every thread of my being. And it's true. Like anything you do is still something that you would have otherwise not done. So even if it looks different, we're still going to be able to use it just in a different way. Absolutely. And uh, actually one of my, my runners sort of phrased this for me and I, and I loved it. Cause like, you know, at, at, at group training and in general, 
we be coached by by effort level um and he sort of described his training as that he, he he's been trying to learn what his ppe rpe is because that looks different um than when you don't have to wear a mask but like the mask adds a new element between breathing hot air um and having to, to deal with that um and so i was like that, that that's a lot of it's a lot of letters to, to put in but it it I, I, I love it because it, it really sort of, it, it, it gives, I think to me, it helps me sort of frame training in a more accessible way of like, yes, I can't train the way I, I, I normally would. So mentally now, like I'm training to run as well as I can as the same effort level, with, but with a mask on. And so thinking of it as like a PPE, RPE, it, 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 it separates it from my normal training. And so I feel like, okay, I'm, I'm making progress specifically for running with a mask on. Um, and so like, I'm like, okay, so maybe my like normal 5k time isn't the same, but maybe I can improve my 5k time with a mask on over time as I train throughout the summer or for whatever distance I'm, I'm training for. Um, I think those like mental sort of tricks are helpful to our runners in terms of being able to sort of think through their training and their running and, 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 and racing. Um, yeah, for us at November Project, we just, um, I mean, what I like about what we did was, you know, leadership came, you know, in the middle, in the beginning of March and just said, look, we're just not having any uh, in-person workouts throughout our 52 cities. Mm -hmm. So just, you know, as a whole. Um, and, um, and I think that was good. And a lot of the groups, um, I would say maybe 70% of the groups decided to keep going with, uh, online workouts. Mm -hmm. And, um, like Steve was saying, you know, our message for our group has been, you know, just positivity, right. Yeah. Um, and just try to try to keep taking care of people and just staying positive and just trying to be a constant for them through, you know, we do two workouts a week here in Atlanta. Um, but we also understand that this is a hard time. So people might not want to wake up at, you know, six in the morning to come to our workouts. So then we're like, look, we're on the East Coast. So there's West Coast workouts. There's, you know, international workouts. So do what you can, you know, any like, you know, Robin was saying no training is wasted, right? So just do what you can. Um, personally, like, getting out to run has been really hard. It's been really hard to find the motivation. Um, so I've been um, going to a lot more November project workouts throughout the week in different cities because now I can. Mm -hmm. um, but also I've been signing up like crazy for all these virtual races and virtual challenges because that's what's getting me out there now. You know, like at the, like towards the beginning of this, um, there was a company here, um, you know, that, was like, hey, we're going to do a cabin fever challenge. It's going to be eight weeks. We're going to give you a challenge every week. And I'm like, okay, great. That means I can go out at least once a week. I have to do something, right? Um, so I think like that's been, you know, like these have been lifelines, but it's mm -hmm. just, it's hard. It was hard for me to find self-motivation, you know, to even go outside to do any of that. Hey, Winnie, question on that. Sorry, guys, I'm also yeah. transitioning to the car because we're going to drive out to trail. But yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I found, hey, when you did the virtual things, is there like an accountability piece to that at all? Like, are you checking a box or saying you did it? Or like, what's the incentive to complete it? Who's watching? So, 
So there's a couple of different ones that I've been a part of. So, so most of them, I find they've been very cognizant of like, this is not the norm. You know, we don't want to like push you. We don't want to be like, you know, DNF, you know, if you didn't finish, like they don't want to be mean because also, you know, a lot of them, you know, have, you know, a monetary component and a lot of them are, you know, giving back to places at this time, which is great. So, you know, but they also don't want to be like, you suck because you didn't finish, but you still paid us 50 bucks. So, you know, you know, so like, you know, there's, there's that thing, but, um, you know, so like for the cabin fever one, for example, you know, you have to send in pictures and send in whatever Strava, you know, every week. And then they have a spreadsheet and their whole thing is if you complete, I think like six to eight weeks, you get a gold medal. If you complete like, you know, four to seven weeks or whatever it is, you get a silver and then a bronze, whatever it is. But like, you know, it's about participation more than anything. Um, another one that I did that I loved was, um, and I don't know if you guys saw it or not, cause it got really popular was the Yeti 24 hour ultra where we had to run five miles every four hours for 24 hours, which mileage wise is not bad, but just like sleep and eating wise was like a mental challenge. Um, but that one, you know, they're just like, send us the pictures send us, you know, the proof, you know, but no one's really doing it for, I think the competition, you know, if you are, there are some that are like, send us your time. We'll have age group awards and stuff like that. And I think that's where it matters most. But for people who are just participating or want to give back to whatever charity, you know, then, you know, and just want the swag or whatever, then, you know, that's, you know, that's a different thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm based on the, like, it's not based on speed, which I think is really opens the doors for people. Yeah. And I like that a lot of it is based on like mileage. Like Steve, I know, you know, you have your NYC runs one that we all signed up for, you know, uh, <laughs> Thank the you. other day. Uh, <laughs> where, but I think it's just like a great goal, right? 245 miles in this amount of time. Or, you know, Yeti has a new one where, you know, it just started on May 21st through Labor Day, 20,000 feet of vert you know, in that amount of time. So it's just like, you know, that those kind of things are, you know, and like, who knows, I may or may not complete it, but at least I'm going to try, you know? So I think that's, that's a really interesting aspect of it. Yeah. I, I think those challenges have been a lifesaver for a lot of people. Um, I, I have a couple of, of older clients, you know, who, who do the occasional like half marathon or something but a couple of them reach out actually about Steve's um, NYC runs subway challenge because like, Oh, they're like that, that's only two miles a day. I can do that. Um, and it, it, it's been a big way for them to like remind themselves to like get out the door and like do a little bit uh, of exercise. It's very approachable. Um, and I actually see if, if you would like to expand on what the subway challenge is. How um, I, I feel like I have a hundred things I want to say. Right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> So the first one is that, you know, the, the important message that we have in customer service for this is have fun with it. So we're not, we're not gatekeeping. We're not going to check if you wrote a, if you wrote a bike or a skateboard or you did your miles or not, you submit it, we go with it. That's fine. Um, the only competitions within it are, are team things. And we expect that to sort of self-segregate it. You know, if the Frosted Park Track Club has 20 people, they're probably going to be, you know, they're probably one of the teams that does this many 
subway systems first. Um, but really the most important thing has been like when people ask us a question, it's like, that sounds great. Have fun. You know, we're, we, we support it hundred um, percent. The hardest, the, the last piece of the puzzle actually was making it accessible to say someone who might run two miles a week or someone like me who write, might run 30 or 40 miles a week and someone like Adam who finished it this morning, I imagine. Um, you know, that was really tricky. And the, it, was, it was the last piece of the puzzle and, and the weeks was sort of the thing by saying, okay, well, however you sign up for a number of weeks, you've got your goal, you're good to go. But I, I think it's great. I think, it, I think the challenges, I'm, I'm not a big virtual fan personally, um, but I think the challenges are, are a permanent part of the running landscape now. And I, th I think they're great. I think they give people something they didn't have before. And that's, that's freaking cool. So I'm actually going to piggyback on the, the, what Steve just said. Like, I just completed this great virtual race across Tennessee, but I'm not that huge a fan of virtual. Well, I haven't been in the past that big a fan of virtual races either. But again, it's what I said earlier. It's all about adaptability. I cannot like virtual races from here till the cows go to come home, but they're the only races that I can do. So I might as well enjoy what I got. Uh, so like, um, and there are some that are better done than others. And I appreciate the, the time and effort you put into to doing yours, Steve. Um, but the, um, like, it, it's all about the adaptability part, just like enjoying that what, what we have access to because it's what we got and we should make the best of it. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, like kind of piggybacking on your thing here. Uh, I'm yeah. Like I don't really care for like the swag that comes like with doing like, like with most races. I sorry, Winnie. You, you like I like some swag, just not all. Like you know, like it, I if I've done like a half and like I get like a like a standard half marathon medal, it's like, all right, what am I gonna do with this thing? <laughs> um, you know, but like okay, but then like or if I get something like really unique, like a horseshoe medal, it's like okay, all right, I this could yeah. So Winnie and I did a half marathon out in Pennsylvania uh, in Amish country where the the medal is actually like an actual horseshoe um so yeah so it's a great half marathon but uh i digress um yeah it's just like with with a lot of the virtual races for me it's 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 less about like the bling or the swag and more about like the accomplishment more than anything like it's just more just getting like at the very least getting out the door and so like while i wasn't a fan before now i think it's it's kind of just like that incentive of just like accomplishing something um so for like other people i'm sure like they like kind of seeing like that that like that virtual badge that pops up on their account and this is like congratulations you've completed this distance here's your th you know um and and great you know like i like i usually i'm pretty happy just having it done and then like cracking open a beer right after so yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i have to say with the yeti race the uh 24 hour ultra it was a lot of people's first ultras ultra distance um and you know Jason Green, who's the race director, he kept it open for like a month and a half. And he started it just to help out the shirt company he usually uses. So they don't really, you know, so they have some income coming in. Um, and we were able to, you know, as a collective, it was so popular. And I mean, literally, we all did it for the shirt. Um, you know, we, we we're floating them for the next three months, full staff, you know, like we're paying, we're helping them, you know, and so that was just really good. And also because everyone did it in a different 24 hours, 
people are still doing it right now and people are posting to the group and we're as a collective cheering each other on you know being like oh my god you're on hour four you know you're on the fourth set of hours you're you're great two more sets you got this you know or people are running at night and we're just like you got this you know so it's just like it's been a really great community too um to just kind of see people doing their first ultra or to help them cheer on when they when they're posting and say and saying i don't know how i'm going to get through this and we're just like you got this we're all behind you we're all thinking of you you know that kind of thing so i think that's been a really good part of it too this virtual community that's been forming Winnie, I feel like I keep picking your brain. Sorry. No, no. Than this sad business owner. <laughs> um, what platform, if you guys are like constantly, oh, here's Sink again. Um, if you guys are constantly on like a 24-hour like a loop, then what, is it like Facebook group or like what's the platform that you guys are cheering for each other on? So um, he has a Facebook group. I think it's for the, uh, I, actually, I think it's like Yeti Trail Runners as the Facebook group. So we're all kind of just like posting our things on there. Um, what I did was because, you know, we, will, we would be running through the night. Um, I paired up with a friend who also signed up and just said, hey, do you want to be on the same cycle so that we can text each other and make sure we're still okay and we're still alive throughout the night? And I think a lot of people did that. Um, I actually got stopped. One of my, I think my third round was started at midnight. And around one in the morning, I got stopped by my local police um, saying, you should not need to be out here right now. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to run home. So then I ran home and my next one was at four in the morning, which I then elected to do like closer to 630 when the sun was coming up. So then I did 10 miles in a row um, from 630, you know, ish to eight and then eight to whatever. So, you know, there are things you can do, um, but it's about, I mean, people were doing it with their kids, with their dogs. I mean, it, it became a whole family thing where partners are cheering each other on, kids are making signs. It was just a really cool thing. And I, I, I'll ask one of the things talking about the community. Uh, I know I've personally uh, volunteered uh, for a couple people doing that to go out and socially distance join people for the midnight 4am runs. Um, and I've seen a lot of other people do that. And it's, it's fun because like, it's an individual thing, but like you can still draw on the running community to kind of help you um, in your time of need, which has been kind of absolutely beautiful. No, it, it, it's been wonderful to see the running community, like, like largely come together to maintain that supportive and like cheering atmosphere even during all these like virtual uh, like events, like seeing someone like comment on something or, or post or, or come out and like stand on the sidewalk as you run past, like that's, that's been huge for so many people. Um, and, you know, it, 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 it's a wonderful reminder of, you know, you are not alone throughout any of this, you know, people are still here for you. We're here to, to, to support you. Um, and we're here to take care of you um, as we navigate this whole thing together um and actually i i want to sort of treat that as, as a point as like the virtual world has been a big adaptation for a, a lot of us as we sort of now begin to think about reopening um and begin to sort of plan out what returning to um gyms to racing in person can look like um like, like what have i guess your 
thoughts been like what what has been part of your sort of planning process as you've sort of begun to sort of like get that started so I, I'm going to jump in here real quick because before we get into like specifics, mm-hmm. the, the, again, the number one thing that I've tried to tell uh, my athletes and my, my teammates is whatever you're comfortable with, like don't feel any, like nobody should feel pressure to get back to a starting line somewhere or like do anything. Um, I think that um, we're all going to be approaching this from different levels of comfort. And, uh, and I think that everyone should be completely okay. Like if you're like, I'm not getting in a starting corral until I know that there's a vaccine that's been out there for a few months and everybody gets there. That's totally legitimate and nobody should judge anyone else for that. If you're like, whatever, like, you know, YOLO, I'm going as as soon as the first one opens up. Like, if there's a race that's willing to put it on a race and you want to go stand in the starting corral, like, fair. Um, And I'm not going to judge you either. Um, But that's the biggest thing is, like, as we talk about, like, the specifics – I think everybody should just be comfortable with their own comfort level and not feel any kind of shame or pressure or anything from anybody else that they need to be doing anything else. Absolutely. So uh, uh, yeah. go, go ahead, Steve. No, Nick, please. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> okay. <Are you> sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so several weeks ago, we let us, we let a survey that was responded to about th- by about 30,000 people, maybe 10,000 in New York and 20,000 across the country. And what it basically comes down to is, or so of them are more or less ready to come back and 50% of them aren't. The the job of anybody organizing events in, you know, between now and between and the time that we have a vaccine that's available worldwide, if we have a vaccine that's available worldwide, is to provide the safest environment possible and to make sure that people are obeying whatever rules you set up. So it really all starts with communication. I mean, and that's where, that's where most, um, most race organizations suffer the most in my experience, and I'm not pointing the finger at anyone, but I mean, it, it's, tough to, it's tough to communicate things well to hundreds or thousands of people, let alone tens of thousands of people. Um, but if you, if you set the expectations and you make a point of enforcing the rules that you've got there, that's how you create a safe environment, regardless of how you manage corrals, regardless of how you, you know, space things out. I mean, there's, there's a math behind that, and there's, there's going to be a science behind that but you've really got to communicate and you've really got to unfortunately enforce that to the people that do come up, do come out, excuse me. I mean, I, I, I know um, I, I, I participated in, in, in C survey. I also read the, the results of the survey from uh, our, our RCA. Um, I, I was with a background as a researcher. I, I love numbers and, 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 and data anyway. Um, and, you know, I, I think they found sort of similar things that a lot of people are super ready to come back and they don't care about masks or anything. They're, they're just ready to go. And then you, you, you have a solid portion of people who, who are, you know, who want a vaccine or want very clear guidelines as to, you know, like, are, are there going to be staggered starts? Are the corrals going to be super far apart so everyone can, can be distance um you know like our race is going to have to have different start times for maybe for like different groups or different speeds uh, you know and like sort of figuring out all of what that looks like um i, I know that 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 not related to to, to to racing but like you know gyms and things are also have to sort of figure out what things look like as they think about reopening and i know edge has been doing a lot of work in their facility to figure out classes and um uh 
figuring out what their recovery lounge looks like. Can people be, be distance? Maybe continuing to do some of their virtual classes um, in, in conjunction with their in-person classes. Um, and actually, I, I, I don't know, Robin, if you want to speak to what, what Edge, Edge has been doing. Yeah, so when we, we electively closed before we were made to because we basically got feedback that people were uncomfortable and rightfully so, you know, if they like, cared for senior parents or something along those lines, then they, you know, didn't want to physically come into the space regardless of how much we cleaned it, which I totally respect. So we ended up going virtual uh, mid-March and we're obviously still there. <laughs> yeah. So we've, um, the interesting thing about virtual is our viewership is three to four times what our in-person is, um, which is, we're actually gonna switch to Zoom as well. Right now we're on Facebook Live, but it's been, I can't even imagine, we'd be out of business if we didn't have <laughs> technology and all of this. Um, so from a like an edge membership standpoint, that's been pretty smooth. I mean, it took a lot of effort to get it to that point, but like it's been, it's been a huge, um, where we've struggled with really honestly is on our group endurance programming where we still have not the personal coaching clients by any means because they're still in it to win it but like our people who were supposed to do the spring half and now they're signed up for Chicago full and um, I think they're running you know I'm getting that feeling but it's really hard for us to create like a virtual option for them like we're testing out a new audio coach speed run where they call in, just call in and they're on mute and a coach is coaching them through and we move all the workouts to time-based formats. I think it's a really fucking, sorry, I cussed on your it, podcast. You are free to oh. curse as much as you want. Excellent. <laughs> uh, you just opened up Pandora's box. <laughs> Can't but fucking wait. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a cool idea, but it's like, they're, they're almost like hesitating and they're not really that hard of speed workout. So it's not the workout itself. I don't think that's the hindrance, but it's just a new way to kind of be able to run and be accountable. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're still, we're still navigating that quite a bit. Now, if we offer like a mobility session or something, they're on it. But in terms of like actually trying to feel like a cohesive unit, um, it, it's been challenging. Our hope is that we open up in the next couple weeks we were really hoping for june 1st but i think our mayor just put the kibosh yeah. on that um and then once that happens then we will be able to meet in groups less than 10 mm -hmm. and i'm of the mindset like i mean we were saying about like how do we keep people safe right like we we've hinted and like we did a promo video where everybody and their mother's wearing a mask and we had people push back and say you're not gonna make us work out in masks and i'm like listen whatever they tell us to do we're gonna do it it doesn't mean we do it forever but it means that that's what we have to do for now in order to to check the box right. um and it, it, i mean to your point um steve like is i think just explaining that over and over is huge so mm. we, i i think that on the back side of this no one's gonna be like really i mean they're gonna be a little sad but no one's gonna be really bummed that they don't have 100 people in their Saturday 6 a.m. run group they're just going to be so effing happy to be running with nine other live people <laughs> at six to ten feet that there there's going to be no sadness it's going to be they're going to find all of the nuggets of things because we see it, we have like equipment pick up and drop off at edge mm -hmm. and like our facility up until us doing a video shoot looked like a bomb went off because we pulled all of our inventory to the back just to make things safe in case there was a break-in and people would come in the back one person right at six feet with a face mask on to like grab a pair of recovery boots and they would just be so happy there was a human 
no music is on. They can't do the recovery in the space. They might see a pug. <laughs> they might not, but they're just so happy to like have some sense of normalcy that they'll mm -hmm. take it. And then that little bit gets them, you know, like 10 times what it used to. So I think that that's going to be as a communities, that's our biggest asset um, moving through what is going to be a very long road. I don't think we'll ever get back to where we were, nor should we from a numbers perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I know it's been huge. Um, and when Terry and I were in, in Brooklyn, if we happened to see somebody that, that we knew, you know, with half their face covered, it, you, you were overjoyed. Um, <laughs> and it was amazing. I, I know. And, and I was lucky enough a couple of times to, to actually see Adam out running and like, oh my God, it's Adam. It was so excited to see him and be able to like talk to him, you know, from a distance, but still be able to talk to him and have sort of a feel like, yes, I have a mask on my face, but like, I feel a little more normal because I, I can have a conversation with somebody not through Zoom or, you know, through some other like video service and to be able to, to talk to him and, and see, how, see how, how he's doing or cheer him on as he continues his, his 900th mile of like the day. <laughs> Um, I have to say, as a consumer, um, I am navigating towards more businesses who are laying down ground rules. Like, whether the ground rules, like, make sense or not, you know, people are still navigating through that. But I feel that if an organization is caring about their people or showing care, I'm going, there's going to be a, a better chance for me to you know, register or subscribe to your business. Um, you know, like there's a, there's a race that I love here, a local race that, you know, right now they're still hoping to do it in July. It's a very small race. It's a couple hundred people, but right now they're not laying down any sort of rules or, or telling us about how it might be done. So I'm actually like, I don't know if I'm going to go, you know, whereas there are other people like, the, I go, I sometimes go to this boutique gym, which, um, which they just reopened, but they, exactly. They lay down all sorts of rules. They're like, we got a new HVAC system that filters air. You know, we're limiting it to eight people per class instead of 16, you know? So like they're doing things and, and they're making a conscious decision to do all of these things that make me just feel more comfortable. You know, you're gonna wait in your car until it's time for your class. There's no waiting around. You're gonna go in, each have a station, do your class, extra time between classes so people can clean, you know, and like there's all sorts of things that they're doing that make me feel better, you know? And so as a consumer, I'm going to, you know, gravitate towards those organizations and those businesses who are showing care um, to their people. The weird part on the flip side of that, and that's that's good to know that especially in a in an area that's like fully open, that you're still gravitating because that's our bet is that smaller is safer, right? Um, as an owner, it's very weird and amazing for us. Like I spent two and a half hours on Friday driving to like a very far suburb to pick up this guy who was selling these stanchions with like a hundred feet of rope, and I was like, oh my god, we can use these, and I couldn't get them online any faster than I could go get them that two and a half hours was like the best I felt all week. Cause I felt like I was doing something to keep my people safe. And I, as I'm driving, I'm like, we can use for group classes. We could, there's so much rope here. We can literally cordon off sections of 10 people at a time that we will release in, in reverse pace groups. And you know, your brain 
goes to all of those ways, which, you know, on a run, it was just like, do they know the route? Are they hydrated? Right for your checklist of how do I care? But it's so much more meaningful when it's literally protecting them from the thing that's stopping them from doing the thing that they love so much. So it, it's like, it's very, very fulfilling. Like I was wiping down countertops on Tuesday for like, I don't know, 30 minutes. And it was like the best part of my day. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. I used to hate this. But now I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah. Bring them back in. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and we appreciate that, you know, and also like, and I think with runners, you know, for running races, like I'm going to be okay if you say, Hey, we're not providing any water or Gatorade, whatever, because, you know, we want you to be safe. Then I'll be like, as long as I know, I'll bring it, you know, it's okay. Like I, as long as I can make an informed decision as a consumer, like, Oh, that half marathon is going to be, you know, more, you know, like self, you know, supplies and all of that, then that's, you know, that's fine. You know, I'll, 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 as long as I know to, you know, before I sign up, that's totally good, you know? Yeah. And I, I actually think what was just talking about, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. It's like the supply and demand thing over the next few weeks and months, hopefully, God, please not years, but uh, weeks and months, it's actually some of the smaller organizations that are going to be the best test beds for a lot of this stuff. Um, not to put too fine a point on it, but like roadrunners races and even Steve, a, a lot of your, your bigger races, like NYC runs is a pretty big organization that puts on some pretty big uh, races. Like it's going to be tough to kind of figure out what's going on at it. You know, a race that has five or 10,000 people at it, but like, it's going to, we're going to see with the smaller races that are like a hundred people, the, not to be too derogatory, but like the, they refer to the, the kittens with cancer, 5k fundraisers, things that happen like in Prospect Park with like 25 people. Like there are going to be like some little test beds where we're going to find a, get a better idea of what people are appreciating and what people are not appreciating. Um, and, and so it, again, I feel like I'm, I'm uh, repeating myself a lot, but it's, it's all about the flexibility is like figuring out like as we go, like nobody's really going to know what people are going to be comfortable with and uh, until we we actually start to do it um it's going to be i think there's going to be a lot of trial and error um unfortunately this is where my pollyanna ish stops there's going to be some big mistakes that happen along the way um and there's probably going to be some fairly intense consequences and our our biggest thing and for me that i'm trying to communicate to people is like as those mistakes happen just try to learn from them as opposed and and figure out how we can do better in the future um, because it's going to be inevitable. So, so I, I, I kind of, on one hand, I agree with you. The small races should be the test bed. On the other hand, I don't know that they're going to be a good test bed. One of the most frustrating things for me since I got into the running business, which is about a little over 10 years ago has been going to small races, which I absolutely love, which is NYC runs has modeled itself after in many ways and being sort of, Oh, we can curse, right? Be a little pissed off when things aren't done at least reasonably well. One of the things that, the first things I learned in this business, I learned from Michael Ring, was to use nine ounce paper cups, not plastic cups. And when I go to a race that has plastic cups, it's always like, ah. Anyway, I, I don't trust those small organizations to do what they need to do in part, and for, for many reasons. On the other hand, if you told me that New York Roadrunners was gonna do something for 2,000 people, I would have complete faith in their ability to execute it pretty well the first time out. If you told me NYC Runs was going to do the same thing, 
I feel pretty confident, maybe not as confident, but you know, that's, that's a, that's a matter of scale and things like that. 4,000, 5,000 above that. That's, I think that's gone for a while and I think it should be. And not to get too like up on a pedestal, but I've been thinking about like mass gatherings from societal point of view, the way we pack into trains, planes, concerts, stadiums. And these are all things that I love. Like anybody who's friends with me on Facebook, if not in real life, knows how much I love these things. Um, the way we pack into things, that's not the best way to do things from a public health perspective in the best of times. So maybe like as the economy evolves and things like that, maybe, possibly, hopefully, and I'm being Pollyanna Adam, I can't say that word, but I'm being it. Um, maybe we'll, we'll find a way not to pack into planes, but not to make it too expensive for people to fly. Maybe concerts don't have to be like ridiculously packed in. Maybe, maybe race starts can be, you know, re, you know a, maybe a 5,000 person race start can be more like it's like a 15,000 person race start for bad bad comparison but you get the idea and i'm i'm hoping if there's a if there's a big lesson here and a big change in society that may be the the thing that gets unlocked that said i don't i don't have faith in us that much <laughs> i mean i i think both as as a as a runner myself as as a as a coach um, and as a participant in, in, in any number of both small and large races, uh, I think all of you have hit on some very wonderful, I keep saying wonderful, some, some of the like, great points. Um, that, and I think you're right that like, communication is really going to be the key to everything when it restarts. Um, having those, those rules clearly stated, enforcing them, I think even the people who are most likely to push back against them will find themselves pressured into following those rules and guidelines because everyone else around them is going to be like, hey, look, you know, it's not just you. It's everybody is doing this. So it's going to be best for everyone if you also just put on a mask or if you stand 10 feet behind me. Um, and like, and I think some of it is that people will have to sort of adjust their they're, they're thinking in the long term. Um, you know, 2020 is not going to be the year of PRs for a lot of people. And, that, and, and honestly, like, that's okay. In, in, in the lifetime of running and racing and being competitive in, in, in for, for yourself in, in any event at any distance, it's okay to have a year where, you know, you're just sort of running to run and being okay with that. Like, it's why a lot of us started running. It's because we, we found some sort of, some level of joy in it. And, you know, this is a good time to sort of return to, to that while maybe maintaining some level of like training, training, knowing that this isn't going to be forever. You know, I'm, I'm, my, my hope in, in, in people is that they will uh, in time be able to see, you know, I don't have to do this forever. It's going to be from another six months, maybe, or her, ever long it, it winds up being like, and then you know, races will begin to come back. I'll be able to, you know, throw down the way that I used to, and it's going to be okay. You know, like this, this period has been hard and it's been a challenge, but it's also been a fairly minimal sacrifice in many ways to our personal lives. You know, I had to wear a mask when I run. I still get to go and run, and that feels wonderful. 
Um, you know, I, I can't go out and see 20 friends, but thankfully we have the technology to, you know, come together in a Zoom room or a Facebook chat or, or whatever we, we use. And I think finding those small victories has been key to sort of surviving through this pandemic, through, through, through this, this crisis. And I think that the continued use of those platforms is going to be a huge part of communicating the future rules for events and for racing and, and for, for gyms and reopening everything. Um, and I, I, I think that, that that collective is going to continue to sort of like help sort of pressure people to be cognizant of what they're doing and, and to be aware of what the rules are and to follow them so that eventually everyone can sort of be together again in a safe way and um, enjoy the things that we love to do. You know, whether that's running up, up, up a mountain, you know, for 50 miles or, uh, you know, running a 5K in the park and just having a good time. Um, I think one of my, my sort of last sort of questions for, for you all and things um, is, I know I look forward to many things as we come back, as things begin to reopen. Um, what are you all looking forward to the most as we slowly reopen facilities, as you maybe return some level of, of, of racing, whether it's virtual or in, in life, um, or you know, as we sort of get back to some level of like group training of, of some sort. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember like think like I remember when I saw that question it's like the first thing that that, that came into my head uh hugs um but like but like but like but then hugs they, or pugs? what's that <laughs> tons of it hugs and hugs so which I just bought the domain rights to hugs and hugs and hugs dot hugs <laughs> sorry Steve <laughs> um boiled again <laughs> but it's also just like I think it's also just I mean if we do reopen like we are st we still haven't quite uh had a vaccine yet I don't like like how much from a like a limited distancing standpoint are like I mean I feel like from that standpoint I almost feel like even seeing some like a familiar face albeit covered is going to be incredible um, and all, and also like resisting that temptation to like attack them. Uh, so like right after, so, um, yeah, but I think like, it's, it's going to be a lot of just like, uh, a, like a, a going by the rules and just making sure we're not doing anything like, like go outlandish. So, but stranger things have happened. I'm not much of a hugger. <laughs> I, like, I, like, I like hugs. I'd, I'd hug you if you wanted to hug. That's fine. Um, and I'd barely know you. Um, but so one of my favorite things in the world is baseball going to baseball games. That's, you know, I'm well past the point where I go to clubs and bars very often, but I love going to a baseball game. One of the best parts of going to a baseball game is when you end up sitting next to somebody, preferably somebody who's a fan of the, of the, of the other team. And you end up spending nine innings having fun with each other, razzing on each other a bit, you know, just talking about the game, you know, while you're with your, your mutual, while, while you're with your friends that you came with. So I'm going to go with, that's the thing I'm looking forward to the most. I'm I'm about to say the, the thing I'm going to look forward to. We talked about workouts earlier. Like I love suffering 
with a group <laughs> of other people like when everybody's got their hands on their knees and they're like vomiting on the track and like everybody's just like blood and snot and tears um <laughs> like it's awesome to be able to look over and see the other person who's covered in blood and snot and tears do going through the same thing because it makes it meets the shared suffering aspect of it um i've been doing a lot of long runs i've been doing a lot of workouts but there's the the sense of isolation like it's harder to feel like I'm in it. The virtual race has helped, but like it's harder to feel like I'm in it with somebody else and get that motivation to like really push myself to the point where I'm like, oh, I might actually throw up on this repeat. Um, and so I'm I'm gonna really look forward to that that time when I can really get deep into the pain cave uh, and have some company there. Uh, it'll be nice. Hey Adam, can I ask you a question real quickly? Of course. What is your uh, finish place in the great virtual race again across Tennessee? Uh, I, I'm probably, depending on what the other people around me do today, I'll be in the top 50 out of 19,000 or something. You do like your pain, man. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> Robin, Winnie? Yeah, I think for me, it's, it's sort of similar to Adam's, except for I don't, I always consider myself a successful coach when my athletes coach each other because then I don't have to do as much. But really it's because then they're, they're kind of armed with what they need to be armed with and they can support each other in like the most, at the times that it matters most. Like when they're dying on a long run and the person next to them is like, drive your elbows back. Like that's when I'm like, all right, my, my work here is done. They are armed with what they need to be armed with. So for me, getting back to a space where we have those athlete to athlete moments, um, that's when I know that our, our community is going to be on the right path again. And that's really what they're craving. I mean, they're doing it virtually, but it's hard to do it, you know, <laughs> over Zoom. It's, it, running's a hard one. You, you kind of need a person next to you. So I want that little spark happening. Um, my, I actually, I just have to be honest for myself is that um, I am okay being a recluse right now. And, um, just kind of being alone in my home. And maybe that's also why I'm finding it hard to go outside. Um, because I, I mean, I just think from a safety standpoint, it's a scary place to be, you know, and I'm finding a lot of, you know, different connections throughout Zoom and Zoom workouts and even through the virtual races of like, you know, checking in on each other online and all of that. So, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm there. I don't know if I'm at a place where I have things to look forward to yet um, because I feel like, you know, especially here in Georgia, we, we have a ways to go. Um, and so I don't know if I can even wrap my mind around what that might be yet. I mean, that being said, to play devil's advocate with myself, um, uh, two weeks ago, a friend, um, I think he was supposed to do Cruel Jewel um, he trained for it and he, you know, he didn't want to just not do that. So he went out and ran 52 miles, um, you know, around Atlanta. And, uh, and so I got to help crew for the last 20 miles and that was really fulfilling. So, I mean, I think there are things like that, that I like, but, you know, again, I just, I just don't know what I'm hopeful for, um, in the near future in you know going out there and and that's perfectly fair like th these are really strange and crazy times and you know everyone's in a different place with 
how they feel about where they are. Um, you know, again, like Terry and I are out in Colorado. Um, you know, like we we were doing okay in in the city, but it's been it's been such a game changer to have some open space um, and just some fresh air and be able to walk out the door and not have to see 20 people who are just walking around. Um, it's been freeing in, 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 in a, a wonderful way. And like, I have missed that um, like so much, um, you know? And so like, that's been helpful here to, to help navigate everything else as we continue on. Um, but in general, I think Robin and, and people are, are right in that. I think we're on at least, you know, in many areas, we're on the, the backside of things. I think things are going to improve and continue to get better. And I think as, as, as governors and, and may not all governors, but may, as some governors, you know, begin to sort of figure things out and like lay down some rules and things begin to reopen. Um, I think things will hopefully continue to get better. And I, I, I know when you are, when you are an incredibly honest and generally very hopeful person. And so I'm, I look forward to hearing what you look forward to when you are at that point. Um, you know, as I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm excited for you to get there. Uh, and, and I know for sure that, you know, when, when things are reopened again, that Terry will be very happy to go get more pie with you uh, and be able to talk to you without a mask on, um, which will be great. Um, I think those are sort of all my thoughts <laughs> for the time being. Um, if anyone else has anything else that they, they would like to add or throw in or talk about, please feel free to, to, to jump in. Um, but uh, otherwise, I think, I think this has been a really great conversation. And again, thank you all for, for, for being part of it. Way to go, Nick. Thank you, Steve. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah. I have one more question. Well, actually, I have two questions. One yeah. is, can we, maybe on the chat, can you guys put all of your Instagram handles in that so we can all follow each other, if that's a good place to find you? Sure. Um, and then the second thing is for people that actually, maybe it's for Atlanta Trek Club, we're going to get a barking dog in a second. Um, for any clubs that you're affiliated with, if you guys have a hard start date on things like um, Chicago Marathon training supposedly starts June 8th, I would imagine that New York's probably just like three weeks after that. Have your groups communicating communicated anything to those groups of runners in terms of what's going to be happening? What was the question? I'm sorry. So if you're part of a group that has a hard start date for when a season would in theory start and it's coming up in the next, let's say four to eight weeks, have you guys received or sent out anything to athletes in terms of like what to expect? Adam, that's more you, I think, than me. Um, yeah. So we are currently in the we're not uh we're not starting any training for anything until uh we get some better word on what's happening uh i so we have an ultra marathon training group that had started in january and then when all our races got canceled we and uh, we changed everybody's plans to a maintenance phase um and actually i think the ultra marathons are probably going to come back much more quickly than the uh, road races are um, so there are a couple in the fall that we're looking at right now. Um, 
And so we've allowed people to stay in those training plans who are already in them, but we don't feel like it's a responsible thing to do to have anybody who hasn't been actively training starting a training program. Um, Again, I'm not a scientist, but the scientists I trust say that it's impactful on your immune system to ramp up training intensity and can decrease people's immune responses to stuff. So I don't take anybody who's sitting on the couch uh, or even somebody who's doing like 20 miles a week and like start ramping them up to marathon training. I don't feel uh, like I'm just not comfortable doing that. Um, and so as one of the coaches, I'm not going to. Um, if things change in the near future, I'm willing to ch change that. But um, it's going to take some pretty uh, strong uh, discussion from somebody to convince me that it's going to be uh, a smart to start taking people who aren't actively training and starting them on a new program. That being said, I have individual athletes who have come to me and said, there's a particular event that I'm going to be training with, with your help or without. And so I feel like it's as my, as a coach, it's my responsibility to make sure that people are as safe as possible. So I'll help guide their training. If they're going to be out doing something, I'd prefer to, to you know, help them as much as I can. Um, but I'm not going to be out soliciting uh, or encouraging anybody who isn't actively training uh, to do something uh, right now. I just don't think it's socially responsible. Yeah. So from, from a, a, another coaching standpoint for my clients, I, most of them are on a, some sort of like maintenance, you know, small build here and there um, with, with their training that they're, they are mostly sort of, still sort of working with me to help them maintain a routine um, that they don't think they can maintain themselves. Um, and I, I'm happy to work with them on that and, and to do that. Um, no one has really talked about like the fall marathon season and the, the conversations that I have had with people are largely that we don't think it's going to happen. Um, which, you know, I'm trying to be hopeful, but I'm also trying to be realistic. I don't think a 50,000 person event is going to happen in November. Um, and as much as I would love the Chicago marathon to happen because I was going to run it and potentially meet some pugs. Um, I also don't think that that's going to happen either. Uh, you can come to Chicago for the pugs. Which is probably going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, 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 Adam, I, I think I, I agree with you a hundred percent. If someone came to me and was like, I'm going to train no matter what, then I, I would work with them to be safe. Um, but as it is, I've not advised any of my clients to, to start ramping up anything um, because I don't think it's safe either. Um, yeah, just kind of piggybacking on that. I know with like New York Road Runners, a lot of their weekly races and events have all been canceled through August 15th. Um, and, while, and, and right now, at least their current stances with the marathon is that it's it's on, it's in process. However, I'm sure they're, uh, they're in constant contact with city and state officials. Um, but as far as like from a group training standpoint, communicating with the runners, um, yeah, I think like we've been kind of communicating with them about like the same thing on the, in terms of the social distancing on there and just being safe on that front. Um, and I know like it's still, they're still going to kind of continue with that. Um, and then as far as like aiming for like a, like anything in the fall or anything like that, like whether it's like a virtual half or a virtual marathon, I think, that's what I think more runners seem to be leaning to more towards. And I think like, it seems like there's more of a thought that, okay, it's probably not going to be like, like a, a marathon through the five boroughs, but, um, but I can do like some kind of virtual run on my, like marathon of my own and then like still finish at home. Not too bad. 
So, so I think that's kind of like where like at least the, the thought is like the group mind thought it seems to be with most runners right now. But again, Stranger Things have happened, like season three of Stranger Things. <laughs> you know, we've um, um oh god, yeah, we've we've thought about um. So we've Brooklyn is um I forgot October seventeenth. So it's about three weeks for New York City. It's it's gonna it would have had ten thousand people this year and. In all honesty, I think there's, there are a lot of reasons why it won't happen. It might, but I, I don't feel that confident. And we've thought about just going back to the old Prospect Park Marathon format, just for a year, um, for a few hundred runners. And, you know, I, I actually, I might do it if that happens. But I think there's an opportunity for a lot of races to do smaller things, like what Tokyo did with the, with the time trials. Mm. I think that's kind of cool. I think New York can do a version of that. Maybe bigger, maybe, but not that big. I think that that creative thinking can allow you to do something celebratory and at the same time can allow organizations to do really cool things with their virtual experiences. Um, so maybe there's a, maybe there's a middle ground that gets us through the fall season. Yeah. With um, us at November project, we've started talking about what it might look like, um, especially since we're spread out to 52 cities around the world. Um, and each country even has its own kind of like different phases of recovery. So like, for example, our groups in Iceland and Hong Kong, they've started meeting in person again with social distancing parameters um, because their government has allowed that. Um, so we had a meeting uh, last week with, you know, a lot of our co-leaders just to talk about what it might look like. And, you know, like we talked about some ground rules that you know, we would need to have, um, you know, before we come back. And also understanding that each city is going to be different, um, you know, but we're, I mean, we're talking about it and we're going to be very specific in the different rules for our, you know, for our group when we do come back, you know, and I think something that we've been talking about is we're not going to come back into in-person workouts unless we can do it without a mask you know, because we feel that we want to make sure that people, you know, like that's a safety issue for us too. We want people to exert themselves and, you know, if, and we don't feel you can do it, you know, well without a mask, um, you know, with the mask. So we're going to, you know, we're going to stay virtual unless our city and our state, wherever we are, we can do it comfortably without a mask, you know, and I think we're taking a very conservative route. And I think, it's good because I personally don't want, you know, to put any of my people at risk, you know, so. That's super helpful. Thank you guys. Like really, Illinois just released um, like a bunch of fitness owners or boutique and all the way up to like big box gym owners are trying to push through some coalition stuff that basically says that if, if, if there's an option, it's like, Oh, there we go. Is that better, guys? 
Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> thing, thanks. It's so funny because you, you're still moving. Um, so, um, that was super helpful. And it, it's good to what other people are doing because we, we are going to be like last place, us in New York. It happens in every Zoom call. Yeah, exactly. it, happens to, it happens to one of us. <laughs> All good. No, no worries. Um, well, good. I'm glad that that was helpful for for you, Robin. And I think this has been helpful. Hopefully, to help for 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 all of you um and again just thank you so much for for, for being part of this um i'm gonna stop the recording now and then you know i'll, I'll send it out to all of you